Hello and welcome to Explorify Canada podcast. Join us as we sit with other Canadians at the roundtable to discuss and sometimes argue about financial independence in Canada. So my name is Ryan. I'm one of the hosts of Explorify Canada, which means I couldn't be doing this alone. So sitting across from me at the round table is Chrissy. Say hi, Chrissy. Hi, everyone. It's Chrissy. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and sitting on the other side of the table is the money mechanic himself. Say, say hello. Hey, Ryan. Good to be here. Chrissy, how's it going? Good. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> this is rough. All right. <laughs> What you, the listener, can't see is that there are a few empty chairs at this table, and that's because we plan on bringing you guests from around Canada so we can pick their brain about FI in their city or their province. We want to know how FI is going to work for each region in Canada and bring that to you, to the community. So if you've got tips or slips, hacks or traps <laughs> think uh, that you could think everyone should know about, head on over to our site at explorifycanada.ca. Uh, and there you'll find how to get in touch with us. We have a Facebook page, a Twitter account, and our each, each of our individual blogs that you can check out in case you decide to pick a favorite. So for the purpose of this episode is to really to get to know each other. So I think it would be a great idea if we took turns interviewing each other and pass the mic, so to speak. How's that sound, guys? Sounds good. I'm good with it. How am I doing so far? Fantastic. Love awesome. it. Awesome. My question for you, Chrissy and uh, you're going to love it because it starts with a play on words. Why add another blog to the fire? You get it? <laughs> uh, isn't that good? <laughs> good one. Uh, you, like, you must have a unique mission for eatsleepbreathefi.com. So tell us, you know, what, why? Why do you do it? Yeah, I, I do, actually. It's because I, I feel like I have a unique perspective to share. I am a stay-at-home mom, and we live in an expensive part of Canada, and I, I'm not sure that's well represented yet in the fire space. So I am hoping that my blog can help uh, show that it's possible to reach FI, even if you're on one income and even if you have kids and even if you live in an expensive city. Okay. So are you basically saying that like geographic arbitrage is generally, you know, overrated? Uh, I wouldn't say that. It's definitely a huge FI booster for a lot of people, but it's just not an option for us because we we love where we live and our entire extended families are here. So we have deep, deep roots. Like I, I was born and raised in Vancouver and everyone I know and grew up with is here. So I can't imagine leaving this place. So that that's what keeps us here. So you've mentioned in a previous interview that, you know, with our beloved money mechanic of all people, that you're already living the FI life. That is, you know, you're, you're in the after part of FI, at least the way that you're living right now, because uh, I believe your husband uh, still goes to work and uh, provides the income. So I'm just kind of curious, if you're already living the after part of the FI, why are you so involved in the community, I guess? I, I feel like the community is very is very much for people who need and seek the motivation, but you're, you're out here making a blog and starting a podcast, you know, like what's that about? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I, a big part of why I started the blog is because I have a really strong desire to help other people. And I feel like FI is something that is still so new and it's still sort of on the fringes of mainstream. And I think that a lot more people could benefit from 
learning about phi and putting into place the steps it would take to reach phi. Because even if they don't plan to stop working at a young age, it'll still help them feel more secure with their money and just be able to do more things than they're able to do if they're living and spending on a more in a more conventional way. So for me, that's that's what drives a lot of what I do. But also as far as my own personal FI journey, that is driven just for to, to help my husband because uh, he does work. And as much as he loves his job, he does have stressful times. And I think just giving him that cushion, if he does one day have enough where it's considered FU money, if uh, he's having a really bad time and it just keeps going on and on and things aren't looking like they'll improve, then he has the option to leave. Or if he still likes his job, it's it just changes his whole perspective on the job, right? He He's there because he wants to be and not because he has to be. So so those are my two major motivations for, for starting the blog and also for spreading the fire. Ooh, I like nice. that, spreading, spreading the fire. The fire. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned on your blog that you definitely you're def- you definitely identify with Mr. Money Mustache and that you are essentially part of that cult or movement, I guess is a more <laughs> nice word to call it. Do you still to this day like call yourself Mustachian? Is that is that the overriding principle of any FI message you've read that is Mr. Money Mustache still kind of number one in your head? Um that's a hard one to answer because he is the one who started my journey and I identified very much with mustachianism. But at the same time, the further along the journey I've gone, I've seen that there's a lot more nuance to it than just, are you mustachian or are you not, right? I, I, I can see it's possible to take a lot of the basic tenets of mustachianism and and still feel like you're mustachian, but not be hardcore about it. And uh, I can see how being too hardcore about it has turned a lot of people off. And that's not what I think would benefit people the most. I think if people can just see it uh, and then take what they want from it and then go from there, that that is the best approach because then you're living true to your values and you're making it work with your lifestyle. So so yeah, well, I, I still identify very strongly. I, on my blog, I say I I call myself mostly mustache and I'm not hardcore like Mr. Money Mustache. There are some things that he does that I will likely never be 100% great at, like bike riding or, you know, hardly driving my car. <laughs> you know, as much as I aspire to that, it, it's hard. You know, it's not easy to be Mr. Money Mustache. Yeah, you know what? I really identify with that answer. And I think Brad Barrett of Choose a Fi actually had a really kind of good th- uh, way of saying it and he's he basically said this he's like he's like i love it i'm all about it like i'm i'm 100 with money mr money mustache except for the riding the bike he's like i just don't <laughs> want to do that you know and i find that that's really i think a lot of people get caught up in the whole riding the bike especially during the winter kind of thing and seeing you know bike lanes in downtown toronto being you know parked in and swerved mm-hmm. in and used by ubers to make u-turns i call it the toronto u-turn where people just fly into the bike lane and spin their car 180 out of nowhere and it's it's definitely makes you not want to ride a bike at all ever yeah Yeah, i can see that and you know vancouver is wet and rainy so it that doesn't help either so i i have nothing against bike riding if i had to commute i i would try it myself or at at least try to drive part way and then bike the rest of the way but um for me right now it doesn't 
fit into my life because I'm a stay-at-home mom and my kids' schools are within walking distance. So it's just easier to walk rather than ride a bike. And as for my husband, uh, I don't think I can convince him to let go of his muscle car that he loves so much and (laughs) hop on a bike. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) You know, I think, Chrissy, you probably have the same problem I do, that uh, riding a bike are where we live is not particularly flat. So, you know, I Mm -hmm. find that no matter where I go, it's uphill to get back home, which kind of turns me off. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried riding uphill just on a gentle slope and it's tough. I I think it takes a lot of practice before it gets easy. So for now, um, no, not much bike riding uh, for for us. I remember seeing a video online somewhere of, I, I don't know where it is, maybe Denmark or uh, somewhere else in Europe that uh, on the like steep hills or whatever, they actually have like a little escalator like built into the road that's meant to just carry bikes up there. Like that's you just awesome. kind of like coast on your bike, like you don't really try to ride up it, you just kind of like sit there and it wheels you all the way up. That's cool. I love it. It's like a T-bar for bikes. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> because, you know, you got your whistlers and you're like, I'm not going to, oh, I'm just not going to ride up that, right? So yeah. <laughs> that's that's really cool. Okay, here's my next question. And it's one I've been hinting at that I've wanted to ask you for a while. Why don't you use the full acronym? Like, how come you don't use the full acronym that is FIRE? You really want to get into this now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't it, it, this is an interview not a not a jury and trial and all that but yeah no like here I'll, I'll narrow it down a little bit then because you said one thing FI and RE are not mutually exclusive and Inclusive. to me they always have been so here's your pitch change my mind okay so I know we don't agree but <laughs> here this, this is why I, I just think that the whole early retirement thing it really bothers a lot of people, especially those who are new to the FIRE movement or or just don't agree with it. And the people who generally don't agree with it are hung up on the whole concept of early retirement because they think it's wrong and boring and just bad for people to retire early. It, it doesn't make sense to them. And it they think that these people are young and they, they will get sick of being retired and they really need to be contributing and doing something of value. And the thing is, I don't think these people realize that we agree with them. And so that's why I want to take that whole part of the discussion out of it, because it it just confuses the matter and it takes the focus away on what's really important, which is the FI, which is reaching financial independence, which leads to us having the option to retire early if we want to, but it's only if we want to. And that's why I think there are so many perspectives on what entails early retirement. And there's so much disagreement that it just muddies the waters. And it's, again, taking away from the focus that should be, we should be trying to improve our finances and how we manage our money and our investments so that we can live our best life. And it's and that might be early retirement, but for most of us, that's not the case. For most of us, it's just moving on to other interests and hobbies and other kinds of work. Can you at least admit that FIRE is a sexy acronym? <laughs> oh, I can. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, I love okay, it. If you have a movie called Playing with Fi, no one's going to watch it, no. right? But Playing with Fire? Ooh. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> and that's why it's caught on, right? That's why people like to call it the FIRE movement, because it it is sexy. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I do agree with you. The terminology is confusing people. And it's because it's using the word retire. That's the only 
part of it that is that people don't like because they associate it with living in Florida for half the year <laughs> and doing nothing kind of thing, right? And if you're to look at, you know, Brad Barrett or Mr. Money Mustache, you know, and the mad scientist, and they say that they're retired, people conventionally would look at them and say, no, they're not. Like they might not mm-hmm. have a full-time mm-hmm. job per se, but they're not retired. And I guess that's just the poor terminology choice, right? Like it just, the acronym kind of took hold and I guess kind of just, it just went with fire. And I guess if we were to uh, try to rework it, we probably would have put, you know, F-I-W-O, work optional kind of thing, or like just, just something. If you were to come up with an acronym, what would you choose? So I just recently heard on the Afford Anything podcast, Paula Pant interviewed David Bach, who is the author of, I think it was called The Automatic Millionaire. He coined the phrase, the the latte factor. But in it, he thought of a new term for the fire movement, which is FITE, F-I-T-E, which is uh, financial independence transition early. So what he's talking about is that a lot of these people aren't retiring. In fact, they're transitioning to something new in their lives. And I thought... You know, it's not quite as catchy, but it's still, you know, a great acronym to describe what most of us are planning to do, which is transitioning into something else. I like it. That's a good one. Uh, I got one last question for you. You said on your blog that you are five feet tall. And then you say two points down that you like to go to theme parks. And I'm (laughs) wondering... Are you tall enough to ride any of the big kid rides? Yes or no? I am. <laughs> I can ride Do them they all. make you wear the color-coded bracelet? <laughs> no. What's this? I don't know about a color-coded bracelet. They measure you at the beginning and give you the bracelet so really? they don't have to keep measuring you for each ride. Oh, no. I've <laughs> exactly. never had that. My, my kids have never even had that. That's funny. <laughs> Okay. I could not really help myself with that one. So (laughs) please forgive me. Don't hang up. That was going to be my last question. Hello, Chrissy. Are you there? Chrissy? Yeah. (laughs) I'm fine. But I loved your answers, especially about the acronym of FIRE. That was was good. I've been waiting for that one for a while. So I'm totally glad that we uh, hashed it out a little bit. Oh, good. Well, I, I want to hear your side of it eventually. So all right, my turn. So, uh, yeah, I'm the money mechanic, and you may or may not have heard me on the FI Garage, but uh, here I am, and really happy to be part of uh, ExploreFi Canada. This is going to be a super exciting thing to do. And Ryan, I think I'm going to ask you a few questions here and uh, see if we can extract some uh, interesting tidbits uh, about who you are, where you're from, and uh, why you're part of the movement and, and what, why this is an important project for you. So my name is Ryan. I live in Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, I'm 29 years old. I'm married. I got a daughter. Uh, she is the best thing in the world to me. Um, <laughs> she's actually uh, defined a lot of my fire uh, kind of goals because I don't want to work forever so I can stay at home with her and be a stay-at-home dad. That's that's really a big thing for me. Is Fatherhood totally changed my outlook on, on the way I perceive fire, which is really cool. Um, but right now I am still working and I'm a truck driver. I deliver food to restaurants, particularly fast food restaurants, and I eat way too much of it. So don't ask me about how healthy I am because I'm not. <laughs> Basically, I started uh, CanadianFire.ca because I want to involve myself as much as I can into the Canadian side of FI. And I don't understand when I Google Canadian financial independence that nothing... Nothing that speaks to me ever shows up, and I always found it really frustrating. 
And uh, so I was so excited when EasilyBreatheFi.com launched and when FI Garage began putting out podcasts. And I thought, yes, finally, like 2018, 2019 are going to be the best years ever, you know? So I decided to throw my hat into the ring as well, because I think that you have to be a part of the community. You have to be a part of the change that you want to see. And if I'm not finding anything that speaks to me, then I have to put it out there myself. And the more I talk to people, the more my perception is going to change. Imagine if Mr. Money Mustache or Choose a Fi just decided to keep to themselves this whole time. And I think I'd be a radically different person if I didn't have those two influences. So, and I think that they would also be radically different people if they never decided to put their influence out onto the world. So I'm trying to do the same thing. And, uh, and it's ultimately just very greedy of me. I basically want to have the best fire plan in the world. And I'm hoping that by putting mine out there that people will be able to critique it and I can uh, tweak it, fine tune it and uh, retire even earlier. Yeah, I like that comment there, Ryan. You know, we find that when we start uh, writing or talking about a subject and and especially surrounding ourselves with like-minded people that are, are part of the same thing, it really draws it out of you. And I think it crystallizes your goals and you learn so much more when you actually have to explain it to other people. So I really, really happy that you started a blog. I'm happy that you're part of this, this little round table that we're going to start up here. And one of the things that's great is that you are from uh, Ontario. So that brings uh, some regional focus for us there, which is great because Chrissy and I are on the West coast. So uh, we need some uh, other influence around Canada that, you know, there's so much regional difference. I really think that's important for what we're going to explore here. So uh, yeah. Nice to uh, get you on the on the uh, the podcast here. Well, I'm really glad that you guys reached out to me. It was all, now, all money mechanics idea. <laughs> was it actually? I still don't believe that because I totally was talking to you for like a long time, Chrissy, and I was like just being we were, like a little like fangirl for FI Garage, being like, "Good job, guys, keep going," kind of thing. Hey, sometimes just take someone to take action. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Now, you mentioned also here, just uh, while we're doing your interview, Ryan, you uh, you mentioned that you don't really, well, this is your blog, so I, I don't, uh, I won't hold you to it, but you, you say you kind of want to get into a little bit more advanced parts of uh, FI and FIRE instead of, you know, we're not going to talk about what's an RSP and, and uh, pay, we know that paying off your debt's the first thing and things like that. So that's really cool. Now, from a perspective of advanced FI, is there anything particular that you think isn't discussed enough, and particularly from a Canadian point of view, that needs to be shared? Because I know how easy it is. The, the number one question is, oh, do I use my RSP first or my TFSA first? Or, or what assets do I hold in what account? Is, is there something that you think is a more advanced topic that people that are already on the path are ready for that sort of next level discussion? Is there something particular you had in mind? Yeah, you know, it's particularly um, unmotivational to see personal finance articles that focus on TFSA versus RSP. Which one should you put your money into? And, you know, whenever I see that, I'm like, both, duh. Like, <laughs> why Why is there a versus in between it, right? Like, that all belongs in, you know, your your yield shield. Like, what the hell kind of thing. So it, it didn't, it, it's always very frustrating to read that kind of stuff. So I think something more advanced is... Um, taxable accounts. And I've written about it in my fourth post called the dividend tax credit is on fire, because that is probably one of the best ways to get a taxable event reduced to zero dollars that you actually have to pay for the dividends coming out. There are certain risks that go along with 
the dividend tax credit because you end up putting a lot of money into the Canadian stock market. There's only certain companies you can choose. You can't have REITs, you can't have bonds. So it does limit your choices. But it is so important to know that how, how you can make a good return, trigger the taxable events and reduce it to zero. And I think that that is the advanced stuff that Canadians who are past putting money into their TFSA and past putting money into the RSP are looking for. And I am not smart enough to figure it all out on my own. That's why I've started the blog. That's why I've put that article out there really, really quickly, because I want people to come in and say, hey, you can't do that because of this or this technicality kind of breaks that rule. And, you know, you're going to get screwed by your marginal tax rate later. I want to know that because I don't want to have 100 grand into RBC paying me a dividend to realize that I'm doing it wrong. And there's no, no, nobody out there is telling me otherwise. So I'd like to kind of just put that out there as much of a, as much as I can to get, you know, as much free advice as possible. I could always pay, uh, you know, a certified financial planner or, or an accountant or, or whatnot to, to go over everything. But I'd like to go in there knowing that the cards I have are correct and not have someone just completely turn the deck on me. Yeah, that's a great answer. And, and I think we're all kind of in the same boat and, you know, on the path to FI, you, you get to the point where you start wondering, do I need a financial advisor? So that's a good topic. And we will tackle that with our guests. And, you know, because everybody's at different points in their path, I think it's always an interesting discussion. And you're right. Once you get to the stage where, you know, I think we can all agree that you're not going to hit FI or FIRE without filling up all your tax sheltered accounts. So that's kind of a moot point. But you're right. Once it gets into taxable, and having passive income from rentals and things like that. They're, they're all good discussions to have. And there's a lot of different strategies out there. So great answer. And uh, Chrissy, moving on to you. Yeah, actually, I just I just want to add to um, what you just said to Ryan in that uh, he wants to talk about sort of the next level kind of stuff. And I, I'm fully on board with that. And I, I also hope to cover that on my own blog, because I feel like it's missing not just in the Canadian space, but also just in the overall FI space that uh, people don't talk enough about the more advanced tactics, but it's especially true in Canada. Uh, we, we really have nothing as far as these sorts of tactics being discussed on any blogs or podcasts or anything. So I'd love for us to cover that kind of material on this podcast. I think a lot of times the resources that I have found are are complicated. You, you get into it. You're getting into fairly deep uh, financial um, tax planning and uh, account planning. And so it's good to kind of have this discussion as, as amateurs. And I think we should say this right off the bat, that we are amateurs and everything that we say on this podcast is our opinion and is not to be taken as any form of advice. So it's important that we throw that out there. But uh, yeah, I think the, the discussion from the layperson uh, will help everybody understand a little bit more. I agree. All right, my turn to interview you. Uh, let's, let's do it. <laughs> I'm excited. So, yeah, let's see how it goes. So you are the mechanic, you're the money mechanic, and uh, you repair and uh, build helicopters. Is that correct? Yes, I am <laughs> caught red-handed. I officially fix helicopters. Correct. They're, they're, I just put it out there that they're civilian helicopters. There's always the question of whether I'm a part of the service and I'm not. It's I've been civilian from day one. Okay, so you've sent me a photo of one of your uh, locations, your office locations, way up in the air, and it, it looks gorgeous. So my question is, why leave your job? Why are you trying to aim for a FI? 
<laughs> Good question. <laughs> you know, I've I've been I've been struggling with this a little bit myself. And what it really comes down to is that I just am ready for some new projects. And that's why I think I, my focus isn't fire, it's fi. And I've been doing I've been in my career for 20 years and it's been fantastic. Don't get me wrong, I've traveled all over the world. I've been to some amazing places. I've had incredible challenges. There's there's some of the things that I had to do that were so incredibly hard and ridiculous at the time, but they're good stories now. That's kind of how life works. But I'm just at the point where I'm away all the time, which is good and bad because I have, it's been an, usually an equal time shift. So I'm away and then home for the equal time. So whether that's one week and one week or two weeks and two weeks, but it, it's hard to live a normal life because, you know, I enjoy curling with my wife and friends and I like doing podcasts and doing these sorts of projects. And it's just more difficult to do that on a consistent basis when you're always away. People, people don't like it when you can't say where you're going to be in two months. So that that's part of it for me. And the other part is that I think we all get to the point where we just kind of need a little bit of change in our lives, where you, you become a little bit stagnant, if if you like. I've moved around, I've lived overseas, and so I'm kind of that person that needs a little bit of change. So my goal is to hit five so that I have choices. So I think that's kind of how I can sum it up the best. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And so does that mean that you would scale back on what you're doing right now or would you leave it completely or are you still undecided at this point i'm starting with the scale back approach i've been trying to change my schedule recently so that i have some more time to for personal projects and things like that so that that is the start and i'm a contractor so it's beautiful to have the opportunity to pick up work as necessary uh, you know i'd love to have seasonal type work where we go to Australia for four months and, and do helicopter firefighting there and then not work for the rest of the year. That'd be totally fine with me. And, and I'd love to get to the point where I have that choice. That'd be great. Now, how does your wife play into all this? I know you've mentioned that she also travels for work. So can she be location independent also? And can she follow you wherever you happen to go? She loves her job. I mean, it's ridiculous. She's off traveling around the coastal coast of British Columbia, ripping around in boats. And she tells me she's doing important work with tide gauges and coastal navigation. So fair enough if she is, but she's not geographically independent at the moment because she works for the federal government. And that's fantastic because she enjoys it and it affords us the benefits that come with that job. So that's really important and actually allows me to, to explore a bit more. And if uh, if the listeners didn't know, I live in Victoria, which is just a beautiful place to live. So, you know, any kind of overseas work that I would do, it would always be coming back to a home base. And I'd like to think that in the future, you know, we could maybe she could take a sabbatical and we could go do some slow, slow travel and live overseas again, but we'll see what happens. Okay. And so when you hit your fine number, is that both of you reaching at the same time or is it based on her continuing to work full time our fi number is joint my wife manages her own investments within tfsas and and that's fine because she's she got interested in in doing that so i i think it's great that she does but the rest of our finances are joint as far as the mortgage and and daily spending and things like that so the fi number is is considered a a joint number. And at that point, it just, it'll afford choice for both of us. Okay. That's great. And most likely, it sounds like she really loves her job. So she'll most likely continue on with that at least for a little while. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we've got a, our timeline right now is to be 
mortgage free in six years. So that'll be the, the decision point for both of us. She will have had her job with a defined benefit for 10 years. So it won't give her a ton, but you know, she will have that defined benefit, which is, you know, there, there you go. We can talk about advanced strategies again is factoring that into, into future uh, income. So, you know, we'll have that choice. We may decide to move further up the island to a lower cost of living area. Uh, so that's kind of the target date is six years out. Although I'm trying to make adjustments now to work to, you know, to still maintain the income and, and build up the, the savings for passive income, but make changes to live the life I want to live now. That's fantastic. So speaking, still staying on your wife, you've mentioned that she is <laughs> what you call reticent when, <laughs> when you talk about why. Um, so how does she feel about you being so involved in the community? I mean, you have a you already had a podcast. Now you're starting a second one. You you have a blog, and you're you're quite involved in the Choose Fi Bank, uh, Canada Facebook page, so or group. How do, what does she make of all this? Yeah, that's it's such a good question. I maybe I regret saying that she's going to give me a hard time when she hears this. I'm sure. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I've. I've got an interview with her on the FI Garage, oh, so awesome. eventually that may answer some of your questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't want to. Spoil I went. It. I went. No, no, it's fine. I I think like many of us, Mr. Money Massage was an inspiration for me. Reading his, I was sitting overseas in the jungle in Peru, and I was reading his blog, and it just clicked. It was like that's me. I like building stuff. I want to do do stuff myself. And, you know, so anyway, I went hardcore at the beginning, you know, and, and ridiculous turning down the heat and turning off lights. And I, I told her we couldn't have a garden anymore because it cost too much to water the tomatoes and, you know, a little, little over the top. So I think at first she was affronted by the whole thing. But since I've been involved with it for a few years now, uh, she, she totally supports it. She's on board with it. She pays attention to, you know, the Choose FI Canada site and Facebook. And I also have a, a group for any of you listening that live on Vancouver Island called Van Al Mustachians. And we do meetups here as well. And, you know, she's, she hasn't come to a meetup, but she's totally on board with it. She supports it. I think she understands the whole idea. Uh, so I think when I said reticent, I think it's just, she's, she enjoys it. She she supports it, but she just doesn't really want to be that actively involved. Yeah, it sounds just like my husband, and uh, he he's the same. He's completely supportive. He's on board with pretty much everything, but he's just not in the community like I am, and he's happy to enjoy the benefits of it too. So it, it's good to have a supportive spouse, even if they're not fully in the community. So that leads me to then the the podcast because uh, you you took the lead with this one and uh, you already had your own podcast and you decided to start up the second one and uh, you you asked me and Ryan and we are more than happy to join in. So let's tell the listeners more about uh, the decision behind that. What was the motivation and what what are the goals that you kind of have for this new podcast? Maybe I'll just start with a quick summary of, of what we do uh, in the FI Garage for the podcast, just for listeners that aren't familiar. You know, it started off, there's uh, a couple of friends of mine, the accountant and the economist, because that's actually what they do. You know, when we we're having a beer after a baseball game, or whatever, back at my place, and we, we chat about investments and investing stocks and dividends, and we kind of figured hey, you know, we actually have some interesting things to say. And I was already part of the FI movement and and it was really cool to get them on board with that and see the changes in, in their life. So so we created the podcast and we just wanted to share our stories and what we've learned and, and our opinions. So, But what I realized 
was that it's just three guys from Victoria trying to tell the rest of Canada how and why we're on the path to FI. And, and to me, that as much as fun we have with it, we crack a beer and, and have some fun with it, I feel that there's so many parts of Canada that maybe aren't well served by three guys in Victoria talking about their journey. I listen to the What's Up Next podcast, and I've listened to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, like you uh, suggested. And it really, it struck a chord with like, hey, we have if we can have some people from across Canada, from all walks of life, that are maybe at the beginning of the path, halfway down, or 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 you know, bloggers and just everyday people, then the discussion is going to be so much further reaching and impactful. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that uh, you know, Chrissy, you and I got to meet in person and sort of gel that. Uh, Ryan jumped on board right away, which is fantastic. Thanks, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited just to see where this goes and. Hopefully, it's it all. It's all about just spreading the message and sharing it with a bigger community. I agree. I'm fully on board, and I'm like like you. I'm so excited that Ryan is happy to join us because he is super enthusiastic, which I love. <laughs> it's <laughs> this, been great. This is a huge, huge roundtable spanning across provinces. <laughs> it is. That's the best part. <laughs> I can't wait for people to pull up a chair from Saskatchewan or New Brunswick. Like it's, it, it's so interesting to me to see how other people are going to be achieving FI when they have certain barriers. For example, like you guys, you don't have access to ride sharing, right? Like that to me as an Ontarian, I'm like, what? Like that, that's totally bonkers for me, you know, but otherwise like my province, like we have a harmonized sales tax. I don't know if you guys have that as well, but that added like a sane amount of taxes onto everyday items in Ontario. It's been around for, I think, 10 years now, but that could be a reason why people would want to leave the province and, and decide to move elsewhere or just simply change up their tactics. And I think there are Canadians out there with that type of story that we can, that we can you know, pull up to the round table and basically say, you know, tell us what's, what's this about. Mm-hmm. And I think it does round out the FI discussion for us because I, I mean I I posted a while ago in the Facebook group I was asking you know how does how do you compare your numbers when you're reading about bloggers in the U.S. because our numbers are so different the spending is different and the situations are so different it's hard to gauge where you're doing as a Canadian when you all you've got to compare to is the American bloggers which we all love and they they some of them are our friends but it's hard to really know if you're doing well or if this is normal for Canada. So I'm excited to be able to pull in these stories from other Canadians so that other Canadians can see, you know, oh, this makes sense because this is where I live or, you know, Canadians have this common struggle with this one area, whatever it may be. I think it's fantastic that we can now have these conversations and normalize what FI in Canada is. Couldn't have said it better myself. Mm -hmm. That's the path we're going to go down. Who's up first? That's the question. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the first ever Explorify Canada podcast. Uh, once again, you can find Chrissy at eatsleepbreathe.ca. Wrong. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Eatsleepbreathe.ca, right? Dot com. Dot com. Oh, dot com. Jeez, it's like my <laughs> FI Garage intro. <laughs> intro. I got to have it taped to the top of my computer. Okay, go ahead, Chrissy. Where can we find you? <laughs> My blog is eatsleepbreathefi.com. 
And of course, you're on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, and Ryan, we can find you at CanadianFire.ca. And oh, hey, by the way, I was your first ever Twitter follower. I'm waiting for my prize in the mail. There's got to be something coming. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I'm uh, going to send you some uh, old port credit beer, uh, some craft beer from Ontario for the FI Garage. I think that'll be the gift. Perfect. Oh, that is fantastic. Okay, and uh, I'm the Money Mechanic. You can find me at the figarage.ca. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, our first interview coming up on our uh, first official episode. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, explorefycanada.ca. Ooh, bye for now. <laughs>